Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. by saying thanks for coming again I uh, can't believe it was only a year ago we were all here last time we did this when everybody was really optimistic after Allardyce that had kept us up was it a year ago? it was wasn't it? a bit over a year when Allardyce had kept us up and Moyes had just been appointed and we were all quite optimistic weren't we is that microphone alright? is it alright? yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, David Moyes had his effect, and now we're all depressed again, and things aren't looking so great. But at least we've got lots to talk about tonight. And David Moyes giving his interview to a couple of newspapers was good timing for us, really, because it means we can bring it up. Uh, just a couple of things then before we start. I know that you've, a lot of you were here, were here last year, um, and you know how these things work. We're going to speak for half an hour or so, then we're going to have a break. And then the second half is when we answer your questions. Okay, so you can ask, answer the questions yourself on the microphone. So make sure you get some questions down, because all that second half will be that. All right, it could be anything, things that's going on currently, questions for David specifically, absolutely anything you want. But please write questions down as many as you want, and then through the break we'll sort that out. We've also got a football card. Quit a team and you get a signed ball of the current squad of players. And I can confirm. Well, I can't really, not 100% confirm. But we were trying to work the signatures out. We think Jilla Bodges is on there. Before he left, so that's and, on there. And Mika as well. And Mika. He's, he's on there too. He's on every one. So got. You, <laughs> it's only Paul he's touched. He's all got a free drink when you come in, so you can, you can put a quid in and, and put, and put a, um, a team on the card, is what I would say. Okay? So that's how we'll start doing it, all right? Um, and it was good time in the David Moyes things for us. Do you want to start in the David Moyes? Should I introduce David first? Moyes? <laughs> yeah, he's here Surprise. tonight. Yeah. <laughs> he's coming to defend himself. No, he's but here for a <laughs> I'm sure people who listen to the show know myself, Gareth, Rory as well. Rory's been promoted because uh, Craig was on the panel last time we came. Oh, and a round of applause the down there. Somebody clap there, Rory. Yeah. Somebody clap there at your promotion. Yeah. Craig's a bit he of a ca- yeah. Craig's a bit of a casualty. He's like he's sort of floats around. Like things you think it's going to be, he's going to do good things, and then ultimately doesn't deliver, and that's why we've released him. So he's not bothered. Yeah, he has put on loads of weight, hasn't he? He's not bothered. He's happy just getting drunk at the back there. Let's be honest. Yeah. Like, like Kazri, maybe. Yeah. Like Kazri. <laughs> he's got all the coffee on the go. 
So what I'll do is introduce David. I'm sure you all know who he is, but David, Sunderland lad, come through the ranks at Sunderland. Uh, didn't, didn't play for the first team, though he was in the squad. Went on to play for like Barnsley and Aberdeen and some Scandinavian teams I can't pronounce. Silkeborg. Silkeborg, yeah. yeah. Silkeborg, and he's, he's now got a career in the media. The reason we're getting a prompt start night is because we need to get away. Well, we need to finish by a certain time because David's on a Sean Talk spot tonight where hopefully he's going to mention us and give us a shout out. Oh, definitely will. Huh? Definitely Barry Glenn Denon did it last year. And then when we were driving back up to Sunderland the next day, he was on, on TalkSport. And we put it on the car and we were like, oh, he's better to give us a shout out. Like, he's better to like, mention that he was like with us last night and he didn't say anything. So um, hopefully David's going to do that and bigger so stuff. So fuck football weekly, basically, is what we're saying. Yeah. So glad to have you along, David. And you're doing, you're doing well in the media now and stuff like that as well. So it's good that you can come here and mourn about Sunderland. Like we all can. Where do you want to start, Gareth? David Moyes or transfer business? Well, David Moyes. Let's David do that. Moyes. Get, the, get that stuff out of the way right. first. Some good timing for us, really, because it gives us some, more, some extra content. David Moyes. Unsurprising, these comments, I guess, really. The things that I took from it were he thinks that because he didn't leave after three months and take a job in China, he deserves a pat on the back. Um, when he got told the budget wasn't big... He thought it was going to be too hard to bring us back up, which says a lot about his character, if you ask me. That also doubles up with what he said when he turned the job down, when Allardyce took the job, because he didn't think he could keep Sunderland up. So he doesn't like a challenge, David, does he? He doesn't like to earn his money. That's what's coming across. And then he said... You're, you're putting some spins on these things, aren't he, you? He referenced, he referenced Harry Redknapp, of all people, the, the ultimate excuse maker, saying he, he could see where he was coming from when... He suggested Antonio Conte couldn't keep Sunderland up, even though Allardyce kept them up the year before that. So, has he covered so himself? Al- with- what he's saying is Sam Allardyce is better than Antonio Conte. Is that what he's well, saying? That's what David Moyes is saying, David. He did say that he managed Everton as well. Yeah, just a few. That goes without saying, doesn't he it? He didn't mention that, his yeah. win ratio, though. So, no, like, he's improving he slightly that he's not mentioning that anymore. No, I think he, he did, did like to bring that one up. Because his win ratio has gone right down now. No, he, allude, one, no he alluded to it. He alluded to the win ratio because he said he didn't like losing lots of games. So no, I didn't look. like losing lots of games. <laughs> no, None of big, us uh, like losing lots of games, I wasn't David. I a big fan of the, the constantly losing thing that he was doing. Um, but no, he, he, he kind of, he's, he's not... Uh, Covered himself in glory, really, as he uh, reading his time at Sunderland, and then he's kind of, kind of wait. He thought, "I'll be respectful and wait till the window closes," and then, then he did that. What he did with the Sun and the Daily Mail, obviously the, the most popular papers in the UK, probably, um, probably the most appropriate uh, papers in the UK for his his views, um, with the whole last slapping thing, um, <laughs> but uh, which was fine, by the way. He said it was fine. It was all, you know ironed out and that so it's not a problem um, sure he'll be back well, I'm, he? I'm, well, I, what I took from it was that you know he's tried to absolve himself of, of a bit of blame and just say that regardless of whatever he could have done nothing's changed <laughs> well he, he just said that it wasn't down to him that's what he's basically saying but at the end of the day uh, all he's done is saying that he's took the job because he had nothing else and he needed a wage and that's really what he's saying. And everything else around us, whether it was the players, the budget. And, and he knew when he came in the door what the club had been like for, for a few years before that. He knew what the, the problems the club, the club had had. He knew what he was walking into, what kind of dressing room it was. People talk. He, he, could, he could pick up the phone to any one of his mates. He could pick up the phone to Sam Allardyce. 
We did. Yeah, yeah well, there you go. And, and, and Syria and, and ask what's, what was the club was like. And then he could have said, well, it's not for me. But he didn't do that. And from the, I know for, for, for a fact, from the very first home game, I think I might have said this uh, at the, before the Chelsea game last year, he knew, or he, he knew that he didn't want the job very quickly. That first game, after that first defeat against Middlesbrough, he realised that he didn't want the job. Funny, I think a lot of us realised very quickly that we didn't want him to have the job as well. So there's a lot of synergy there. It does kind of underline how much of a coward he is, though. I, I think the one jarring quote was, I didn't have a lot of money to spend, and you look at the way Newcastle went up, it's like, that is not the only way to get promoted from the championship. You look at the way Burnley, you look at the way Bournemouth, I know Bournemouth spend a lot of money now that they're in the Premier League and they've got that money to spend, but the way they went up, the way Huddersfield went up last year, they just played the loan market quite well, really. It's not the only way to get out of the championship is to pay your way out of there. And if anything, even, if we did have, even if we did have money to give our manager, which clearly we haven't, to spend it on players, would you give it more? With much, would you give it more? Anyway, trust them, it, would you? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go through the transfers now, and I know we haven't made all the payments to the players, but considering Moy spent eight million quid on Gillibodji anyway, and we've spent a quarter of that this season on yeah. the amount of players we've got. Um, before we look at that, um, David, your initial reaction to Simon Grayson? I think I said at the time coming, he was probably the perfect person for the job because it was it was going to be. Uh, Steadying the ship. It was going to be bargain basements, um, signings. Did you think the bargain basements were going to be this to this level? Yeah, I did actually. Did you? It, well, that, just because of people I spoke to about uh, what's been going on behind the scenes, what the chairman's trying to do, or the, the owner's trying to do. It's worrying. It really is worrying. Um, I wrote an art, uh, in my column in the Echo during the week about, uh, about Barnsley being taken over by a, a Chinese-funded uh, consortium, Chinese and American uh, consortium, and wondering why people aren't asking questions because they have the money to buy Sunland, why they wouldn't buy Sunland, when clearly it's a, it's a, it's a bigger club, bigger operation, bit better facilities than Barnsley. Why would they go into Barnsley and buy that club? I can tell you why they didn't do that. is because they'd spoken to Sunderland nine months before. They walked into a meeting with the club. So obviously now, if, if, if the owner wants to, uh, to sell the club, he has got to, to sell the club to, to prospective buyers. He's got to be uh, hold meetings and he's got to put on a, a, of a, a performance to say, well... This is why you should buy the club. And people have come out of meetings with them saying that why should, well, why should we buy the club? They're still asking questions. Why should we buy the club? Because it, there's all they've, in a, and now we're meeting with somebody, they've come out of it saying, well, they've criticised the manager. They've criticised the way the club's been run. They've criticised uh, the, the players on the pitch and the recruitment. And then the people have come out of that, that meeting thinking, well, why should we buy the club? And that's what's worrying about the future. So it's having the opposite effect, basically. It, it, it is, yeah. And, and I think that's, that's what we want now, to move on, to really move on, regardless of... I mean, you asked me about Simon Grayson. He's here until the, the, the club's taken over and it can move on and somebody's got the money to, to take the club forward. I can't see that happening, for, at least for another couple of years, because it's, 
Ellis wants to, he wanted to take it on for another year and, and give it another year and see where we are at the end of the year and uh, at the end of the season. And then hopefully, hopefully the club will be a better prospect for people to, to buy. It won't happen. Doesn't that just fill you full of optimism and confidence, that, doesn't it? Have a great Saturday night, everyone. I like the way he's gone, like, you think it's bad on the pitch. Watch this. Watch my presentation. And then, like, the people come out of the meeting going, oh, that's why. And, you know, yeah. I'd say the idea that people are actively interested in buying us, and by the time they leave yeah. a, a meeting, they I don't mean, want to buy us inactively. anymore. They don't want to yeah. buy a football club at all anymore. Yeah. They don't even yeah. like football yeah. anymore after talking to us. And it wasn't, I, I didn't want anybody to, uh, obviously, I, I play for Barnsley, I look, really like the place and right, like the club. I didn't want people to think that I was saying that, um, uh, saying, oh, that was Barnsley's just a, a cheap option. It's not a cheap option. Like, I know for a fact that these people have got the money to buy whoever they want, really, be, it, below the second, sort of the, the, the middle of the Premier League. They could buy anyone they wanted. The, the, the same person involved was involved in um, acquisition of, the, of Southampton a few weeks ago as well, the majority holding of, of that club as well. So it's not like they're just going for smaller clubs and trying to pick up bargains. They actually want to, they're actively looking for, for a club to invest in to buy. And there's 20, I think it's 29 clubs now that are Chinese owned in Europe. And there's no reason why Sunderland shouldn't be one of those clubs. There's no reason why the, the people shouldn't be coming and say, look, look at the stadium, look at the training facilities, the fan base. This, it should be, it should be a, a good proposition for somebody coming in. And the fact that they're walking away from meetings is, like I said, it's worrying. But not thinking away, though, as well, we're kind of in a situation now where a lot of clubs have what Sunderland have got to offer. Um, every, like we're kind of at an era where people are redeveloping the grounds. You know, the attendances are, even though some would argue they're lower, they're still generally pretty good in the, like, the top two flights in England, aren't they, compared to other, other, other leagues in Europe, like Syria or the Spanish leagues. Um, you often see the attendances are way higher in the championship. So we might all sit there and go, well, we know that Sunderland are a good club and they've done this and... In the, historically we've done whatever 50 years ago but why does that why does that separate us from from anybody else and, and that's 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 a difficult that's a difficult sell I guess if you're in that market. I'm not saying that suddenly they shouldn't be able to sell it and they need to go about things differently maybe to sell sell the club compared to others but we can all sit here and go out well, we know what something is all about and if we were just given that opportunity we could be a great club but now there's probably 40 clubs out there who could argue the same so that, this that's is a bit a, where we normally we normally bring the location into it as well and we stick up for living in the northeast but it's not the audience for that because everyone down here is gnashed off to live down here anyway so they, they know what the where the players are coming from as well david like you as well um happy with the transfer business gareth that was all right wasn't it? Reasonably. Shall, shall i read out the whole the ins and outs so, do people want to hear that? Well, yeah, I'll just refresh it. Of course I do. Why not? Um, so, in we have Wilson, McManaman, and Williams, the three on deadline day, of course. Then Vaughan, McGeady, Graben, Browning, Galloway, Reuters, and Steele. 1.8 million or Reuters. thereabouts. Reuters, Reuters? The Reuter. Reuter. Reuters is Reuter? the, is the Reuter, financial organisation. I think that's open to maybe interpretation. Maybe we need to get Reuters in. the internet modem, I mean, Reuter. 1.8 million, there or thereabouts. 1.25, I think you'll find it was. Let's keep correcting Stephen all night. Oh, he loves it, he loves it, he loves it. Yeah. I would normally just cut him off and, and cut it out in the studio, we can't no, do it. No, you wouldn't, because I'd so be the mixing, so you wouldn't be able to cut it out. <laughs> Reminder who's gone out then. Pickford, Manone, Lenz, Buckley and HEBP, Nar, Larson, Barini, Kasri, 
Gillibodji on loan, Lescott Kirchhoff. Including a small fee for Lens on loan, that's around 32 million quid. So, Minone, I mean, his transfer fee has covered our incomings. It has. The whole, the whole um, transfer business this summer cost less than one metre last summer. So, it's quite... I don't know what's a good thing. Is that a good thing? I don't know. Well, on one, on, one, on one hand, it's refreshing to see us sign, certainly in the context of the championship, the calibre of some of those players for as little as we have done. On the other hand, it's depressing because it reminds you that we used to spend 10 million quid here and there on the odd player. I don't think we, ne we can ever uh, argue, um, sort of complain about spending money because the one thing that the owner has done, he's, he's put money in. He's put a lot of money in. Even Moyes quote terms, two, 280 million out of pocket he is. Now, it's not the fact that um, he, he's not willing to put money in the club. It's just that it, it, it hasn't been spent well, not at all. And even now, I mean, you, if you had a good recruitment system, like they have at Southampton, you have a good recruitment system in place, you can get around not having money. You don't need money. And this is the worrying thing. I mean, something like... Um, James Vaughan, for example, he was never going to be a top goal scorer for us. He had one good season last year. He's never been prolific. If you had a decent data analyst at the club that, would, that could go back and, and see the strengths and weaknesses of players, and he could tell you that he wasn't going to score a lot of goals. So I, I, I know what he does. He, 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 occupy, he occupies uh, defenders. He works hard, but... He, it does, it, you don't know what he gets, you get out of him. He's, he's struggling for confidence. You can tell he's not a goal scorer. And, it, and it's, as much as anything, regardless of managers and the owner and people like that, it's the recruitment as well. Because I think we don't have to have money. We've had money. We haven't spent it well. And, and the, these signings now, all right, we, we're seeing now, oh yeah, it's three good signings on deadline day. And that, they are good signings. I mean, it's, it's well below what should be expected. And we shouldn't be, I said it last year, we shouldn't be hanging around for like scrap, see what's left of a bargain basement of, of uh, free transfers. Even now, you know, people are talking about, oh, maybe we can pick up a few of the free, uh, free agents who haven't been training since the end of May. So it's going to take them a couple of months to get him, like we did with, with likes of Les Scott. It's, to me, that's pointless. You're not going to get anything doing that. And I think it just, it, it's, a sad indictment of the, like, like I said, the, the recruitment that the, the club have put in place. It just goes back to how inconsistent we've been in terms of transfer policy over the last few years, though, doesn't it? I mean, even recently appointed, was it Simon Wilson to be head of football recruitment they keep or something? Bringing these and, and he's head not, scouts in. I don't know what. Yeah, exactly. Do, you, you forget about them because they're there for like such a short period of time, and even even he's out the door now. You can go a little back a little bit further and there was Congerton and there was Defanti. There seems every year that we're trying this new idea and, the, and clubs like Southampton like you mentioned before David where it was even when the manager goes they know what type of manager to appoint to fit in with the system whereas with Sunderland it's just who's available. The only time that really looked like it was going to work out was under Allardyce because he was such a good fit for the club. The January win window was really good and he brought a scouting system with him but apart from that one window so not even a summer really we never have we've never seemed to have a coherent transfer policy that fits in with the club well, and, you, you and, and that, that's why that's why we're here now having to scramble around for bargain for bargains and i think the, the deals on deadline day to be fair 
were quite good. I think McManaman, once he's fit, will be a really good player. I think he'll complement McGeady quite well. You know, Wilson, we're desperate for centre-halves, and he's versatile as well. You look at how Billy Jones is in a bad run of form at the minute. We need someone to support at right-back, which sounds ridiculous when we've already got Donald Love and Adam Matthews. We've already got two right-backs, yet we need someone else to fill in there. And Williams, yeah, fair enough. He's a bit of an unknown quantity, but we need someone who... Maybe if we switch to four three three, can play alongside Catamore. Wilson's and always been a good solid defender. Tony yeah, Tony yeah. Pulis doesn't sign defenders if he doesn't rate them, and, yeah. and, he, well, and uh, he signed him a couple of times. Uh, yeah, and he, like I say, he, he re-signed him at West Brom last year on loan as well to, to get a couple of games out of him. But you know what? I would not have been bothered if we hadn't have brought anybody in, and the, for the simple fact is, for all the money that's been spent on the academy, uh, the, the academy like the, the academy system, I would have liked to have been forced to see right now. How good is it? How good actually is that system? Are we letting people go? Um, th- th- you know, are we, are we let them go before they, you know, giving them a chance? Um, could they do a job? And, and I think it would have been well, good. Look, but all academy products have been linked for money moves. Wagon was linked with us. Yeah. We have had a pay to get him after selling them and bringing them through the academy. And John Egan was another one, wasn't he? Well, it's, taken, it's taken five years for them to to make an impact. Really, I mean. If you look at Hurahan, who went to Plymouth, and then yeah, but you could have kept all of them loan, loan them out. Yeah, but for five years. But Chelsea do it, don't they? I know, but but just after any, it's it just think it's it's you got a duty to care of the players, and we've had this discussion before about yeah, what I, I guess think it's about whether the, should have been given a chance. You know, or whether not, whether or not you just cut them free and say off you go, and and if they do come up back through the leagues and prove themselves, that's great. But when you're in the Premier League and you need to win games, and we don't win win many games, the pressure's on managers to make decisions are always going to go for players and know they're always going to spend money on players if it's available rather than promote from within on there it's just a fact of life i mean southampton always gets thrown on i mean i know swansea have slipped off the the comparison map recently southampton is still on there just about but you know like the whole thing with gabbiadini and oh well you know we've got they've got this player in gabbiadini i so he plays in the champions league it's not like he's been like well scouted or anything i mean all you need is BT Sport, and then you'd, you'd know who he is. So it's not that clever. And, and they've fallen, not fallen in the trap, so to speak, because every team had, needs to compete and spend money in the Premier League. Because, and every fan knows that, because every window, you could spend 50 million and people want 60. You could spend 60, people want to spend 70. It's just the way it is. Like every club, like say, we follow a lot of clubs, on, like clubs fans on Twitter through doing the, uh, the show. And... Everyone wants more money spent. Everyone's disappointed at the end of the window. It doesn't matter who they are. Everton no club. fans are not as disappointed at the amount of money they've spent yeah. in this window. Yeah. Every fan is disappointed. Disappointed at the end of the window that they didn't get this player. Disappointed. And you've, you've spent like £90 million on three players and you're disappointed. And it, you know, I just think like we're in this pit now where and almost there's something to be said for... I mean, I don't know what people think. I know he's probably a little bit public enemy number one in some respects at the moment. But Martin Bain... You could argue, I think Stephen made the point, a good point, which is a, a rarity, but he made one, so we should bring it to people's attention. Um, you could argue Bain probably did better out the transfer window than Grayson because he was probably given a very small list of options by the manager or the, or the coaching staff or the, or the scouts or whoever it might be and said, go and get us these players in. And on 1.2 million, he's managed to go and get 10 players that Grayson wanted. Um, you could probably only argue Wright is the only one who was the thought out of the box maybe and that was probably an agent with a video going look at him what do you think of him and he's come in but you know 
you have to give credit to Martin Bain away because he's under the same restrictions as, as, as Grayson. There's, there's no difference between the two. The, the task's been delegated to those two to bring the players in. So, you know, you could argue it, people have sympathy for Grayson, but they don't seem to have sympathy for Bain, which is a bit of a weird one. But they're both working together to try and achieve something, no matter whether like them or not. So it, it's, it's the, the ownership that's, like David stated, the, the, with the amount of money we've spent. And you, I don't think you'd ever argue that Alice Short has some back managers. How much did we spend last summer? 40 million quid? And David Moyes is in the paper saying today that, oh, we didn't have any money to spend. Huddersfield only spent 38 million quid in the window this year. Will Huddersfield stay up? We'll see. But if, he's, if they stay up with 38 million quid... Well, they got seven points a week. It was Christmas before we got exactly. something like that. So, so, you know, what does that tell you? And it's not all just about money. Any manager can go and manage anyone and get loads of money and manage them. I reckon I could have a decent chance. Anyone would have a decent chance that we're given 200 million to spend off you go and buy some of the best players in the world. Right? The real test is bringing in the right players for a club on a budget. You know, you, you see it all through the Premier League. People like Benitez are twisting all the time. He spent 40 million quid. And there's all this stuff about net... I'm going off on one now. There's all this stuff about net spend. What's, why, what's, what's this problem with net spend? Why are people... Oh, well, the net spend was only 10 million. Good. Why don't you want it to be good? Why don't you want it to be the net spend to level out? Because every football club can't get into millions of pounds of debt trying to achieve something... Because there's, there's only one person, win the, one team can win the league, three teams can get in the Champions League, one team can win the FA Cup, one team can win the League Cup, there's six. So if 20 teams are spending £200 million trying to achieve the same thing, they ain't going to. So, and all that does is drive the prices up. It, it, it's just daft. There you go. That's, I'll stop talking now. It is, it is, it's daft. It's daft, there you go. But the, 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 players, the, the thing that riles me is that the players are out there if they looked for, uh, well, I, would agree, I would if, totally agree if, with if that. They, I think, if looked I think, far enough, yeah. and, uh, and uh, I think it, he's it, been a little bit narrow-minded in his approach. I was going to say that we, we're happy with the players in. We've just said that for the level we're in championship. Is there an argument? That they're not the most ambitious players in the world. They're well-known players, which might seem daft because yes, he, he knows these players can do a job for a championship club. That's where we are as a team at the moment. Somewhere further down the line, though, you need a little bit more imagination, don't you? Oh, but we we see the same. Uh, well, I feel like I see the same things sort of year after year, week after week, and it, and it is, and it's you, you hate being hypercritical all the time, and and you you, you think that the people who in who uh, who can do something about it, you think well, surely they know this as well. But there's no fluidity between each department to to form any any sort of plan or any sort of um, any sort of structure to say right, this is the direction we're going in. And, and I, I keep, keep saying that we, we're like a patchwork quilt, a really badly put together patchwork quilt, because it, it's just like, oh, well, he'll do it, yeah. And it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem any forethought was saying, well, he's going to be put here because of this, and, and he can give us that. It's sort of like, well, he's available, we can have him, he's done all right somewhere else, he'll do a job for us, like... And, and it's totally wrong. And you're right, you're right in some respects, but the other argument would be this window is you've got... Though McManaman and, and Wilson were both under Conrad at their clubs and we got them for nothing. So I, I know you, you, you could argue, well, God, they must have been desperate to get rid of them if they, if they weren't, weren't willing to take a fee for them. But say that, to be fair, it's quite a good effort to get two players who were under contract for nothing. I think Grayson would, would argue, though, that... Yeah, I mean, I've just said we need a little bit more imagination going forward, but he would argue we just need to... 
I hate using this word, stabilise for a, for a little bit and have some players who firstly just want to play for Sunderland and want to put their all in every game. And it's so simplistic and it sh yeah, should be given that, but it's not, unfortunately. No, but the good thing about Simon Grace is that he's done the absolute opposite of what David Moyes is when he first came in and he's actually showed a bit of fight and, and he sort of rolled his sleeves up and got on with it. You know, there's, there's no real mourning from him. He knows the situation. He knows the situation same as Moyes did at the start of last year. But he's gone and he's doing something about it. And I think he's, got, he's got a track record at a certain level that can be, that can be admired. He, d he does a good job everywhere he goes. Do I, th I, don't, I still don't think he'll be here for an, in, as a long-term appointment, but he is a good manager. And, and I think that's... We, we've corrected what we needed. We, we, we've got some attacking players in. Johnny Williams, I think he's, it's a great signer. He, he, he commits players he, he, you know, with a ball. He run, he, he'll... He worked back as well. Um, McManaman as well. He sort of he's, he's aggressive and direct in, in his play. And it's exactly what we've needed. And I, and I just think, I mean, every every other club. I mean, you talk about Everton. Everton probably still say, "Oh, we need a strike as well." Everyone needs a strike, of course they do. So you score twenty goals. That's what you want. That's the only thing. What we haven't got. <laughs> what do you think uh, of the two goalkeepers? <sighs> Just stop there, I think. That tells you everything. From, from what I saw of Robin, uh, what we're calling him, Reuter. Oh, be careful with that one. Uh, that's Reuter. Reuter. I've decided Robin it's Reuter. 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 You've written Reuters down. Reuters, Reuters yeah. Reuter. Well, conflicting Ro at each end of the table here. What I initially saw of Reuter when, uh, when they played the friendly at Scunthorpe, I was really impressed. Uh, I wasn't impressed with the team because Scunthorpe... I've seen, seen quite a bit of Scunthorpe last few seasons, actually, and they've had a decent side, League One side. This is probably their poorest side for a while. They're doing all right now, this season. But personnel-wise, it's probably not as good as the past few years, and they, they dominated that game, and, and, and he made sure that we didn't lose it. And I was really impressed with them technically and, and the way that he dealt with everything. He's, he seemed to be a calming influence. Barnsley games was a, was a different matter. Uh, and I think that it just shows that... It, with a keeper and, and keeping clean sheets, it's not about the keeper. That's only half a story. It's about what's in front of him as well. If all that's all over the place in front of you, then you're going. It's likelihood you're going to be as well. So, I don't think really too much into that. For the rest of the season, I'd probably like to see him in, uh, staying, staying goal. With, with, um, with Jason Steele, of course, yeah, he, he didn't have a great, uh, great start against Celtic. And to be fair to him, he, t he, he turned around. He looked a lot more solid. But then there's a reason why. Route has been brought back in. You were the professional, just finally, because we're, we're going to go on our break and stuff. Because we had this discussion on the podcast, but none of us were goalkeepers, obviously. Um, Leeds' second goal. Should he have saved that? Should have sent a Forby score ahead of from there? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't blame him for that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sort of... And I think that's what... Um, it, it's kind of a situation where people can say, well, it's not a mistake, but perhaps a, a better keeper would have saved it. And that, that, that's as, as critical as I can be with that. But again, I can, uh, you know, we, we talk about recruitment, and I thought it was a strange, uh, for Jason Steele to come in, I thought it was a strange choice, to be honest with you, especially, uh, how much do we pay for him? Half a million. It's a strange choice when we've got no money yet, you're shelling out uh, 500 grand on a, on, a, on, a, on a keeper like that who. Well, Steele and Vaughan are being the expensive signings out of that. Out well, of that little pot of well, cash. well, that's it, and I mean, it's it's not just because he's a mate of mine, but there's um, another Steel, uh, Luke Steel, who's been out in Panathinaikos for the last three seasons. He's just signed back at Bristol City, 
Now, Bristol City have just getting him on a free transfer. And before he moved out of Panathinaikos, Steely was the was top three keeper. He used to be a Barnsley. Yeah, he Barnsley. Did, yeah. He, was, he was the reason, three years I was there, he was the reason why we stayed up. He was, he, he was worth 10 points. I know he's, it's an old cliche that, but he, he, won, he won us points all the way through the season. And, and I was quite, I mean, you're never happy you sit on the bench, but when you see somebody perform like he was, he's performed miracles. And, he, and the fact that he was, he, was given a, he was given a deal at Panathinaikos that nobody could ever turn down. That's why he ended up going to Greece. He's had, he's, he's had a kid, and I don't know how I'm telling you all this. I'm telling you the brief history of my mates. But, he, but I'm just, what I'm seeing is, Bristol City have just getting themselves a very good goalkeeper. They don't even need a keeper. They start the keeping well, the season well. Frankie Phelan's doing all right for them. Yet they've brought in a keeper for free from Panathinaikos, who are a big, big European club. You should have given someone a shout. Well, you, well, it's all great in retrospect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, it, it is. It's, it, it just shows that the players are out there, and you know, we're bringing players in that's quickly out the side. It, it's, it's not. Look, it doesn't uh, look, look good, does it really? Did you not hand the, uh, the, que- the papers out for the questions? They're on the, there's a table over right, there. W- right, we'll, ne- we'll need some questions in the second half. We'll have a little break now. Gareth has took time out. A taste of home for you all. Ham and peace pudding studies. Mm. He's provided them, so if you fancy one of those. Are there any vegetarians in the room? No. Well, that was a no. waste of time for you, wasn't yes. it? That was just a packet of crisps. There was right. one... There was one <laughs> Karen was supposed to... It was like, oh, do a vegetarian one. She's not turned up. <laughs> oh well there you go so, yeah. so help yourself to a study Please we've got write. a football card as well yeah we've got a football card we'll send we'll send Craig around with it uh, if you don't mind put a quid in you'll, you'll he's you'll not even listening he's not football. listening that's alright we'll tell him and, but please it's the questions we need because that makes up the second half of the show so we'll be back after the break thanks I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Who's this fella? We're going to read, I'm going to read this, Stephen's told us to read this out now, it's quite a good idea actually. It starred second best question, who's got the second best question? This is a good idea actually. Who wants to join a London WhatsApp group for getting together for matches? I'm happy to get involved if there's a need. Jonathan Todd. 
but don't publish my number. <laughs> this is being recorded as well. It's on the dark web already. Everybody knows about this. <laughs> Everybody who's come tonight has been profiled, so, you know, <laughs> just for safety reasons. Would anybody be interested in doing that? Go and see Jonathan over there in the delicious shirt. Not that man with the Wise Men Say T-shirt on, which is also a delicious shirt, available for £10 at the back of the room. Go and see the delightfully bearded man over there, Craig Clark. He's, uh, he'll We've stood nowhere near here. them at the minute. We've still got three near the box smalls available, so it's quite good. The XXXL shirt that's hanging up is not a good representation of the product. I However, told you this wasn't a good representation of the product. The gentleman over there who's wearing it is a delightful representation of the product. Yeah, can he stand he up? He bought it last can year. He stand up again? Look can at the wash on can that. Look at that. Look at the that wash on that. That can be yours for ten pounds. Ten pound. I mean, you've already paid ten pounds to come here, so it's a bit cheap to ask for ten more is it, pounds. Is it non-bio you use or? <laughs> Just it's, it's a beautiful wash on that shirt. A really good value shirt. So the finest the fruit year. of the loom. It is fruit of the loom. The be only the best. Are Take you, over, Stephen. Are you floor walker, <laughs> Craig? Have you got a mic? <laughs> what? Have you got a mic to floor walk with? You have. Not everybody's written the name on, so I'll have to ask some. This happens all the time. We'll say, write your name on. But if you want to come in, we'll, we'll give you the first one. Why did you tell him to start at the back? <laughs> all the Has you got, have you got one, here? like? Have you got a question? It's not a, it's, has he got a question? No, he hasn't. Yeah, You've got a question in your hand. Yeah, because he, he gives it to the person that asks the question. We, we do this every year, Gareth. <laughs> Once a year. Just say it's what like the question Christmas. is, then he can go and find the person. Right. Adam. Yeah. The furthest person away. <laughs> <laughs> go on, Craig. That's a fairly good question. After, after you've made him walk all the way there, you've bottled it now. Uh, what are the realistic timescales on Sunderland getting back in the Prem? I would ask you as an ex-pro, David, because us fans will have unrealistic expectations on that, probably. I'd say three years. I'd say um, this, this season... It, I was like everyone else, and, and it, it, I was saying with David Moyes, you, you, you have your, you're optimistic, you're, for a brief moment you're optimistic, thinking that, that something might happen, that's, that he can be, be the same as Sam Aldice, you know, you see him in the same image of the club, hard work and getting, getting the best out of players, getting a team that's going to graft. But I, and, and see, this season, it's, it's, there's going to be weeks like Norwich, there's going to be weeks like Barnsley. It's certainly for the first half of the season anyway until the, until the team settles, until the new, new arrivals settle in as well. Next season, uh, same manager, same sort of, same budget. Like I said, I can't see the club being sold in 12 months either. So then it depends on what happens the, the, at the end of that season and uh, who's in charge of the club and especially the manager. I think that's a... a If, we, if we're going to stick with Simon Grayson and, and give him the chance to try and build something, because that's what all managers want, what all fans want, they want to build something, they want to build um, 
you get a rapport with the manager, get a rapport with the players and a bit of consistency instead of just all... After one season, there's just a big an influx of players and a lot of departures, and you, there's no you never get a chance to have a link with the players, and a link with the management, and so if that's what it takes, uh, this, these three years to try and build something and have a bit of patience, then that's what's going to take. And I, I, I can't see it happening before then. A couple of things following on similar points people have made. So bear that in mind. What will be a successful season this season? Or acceptable season. Stability, really, wouldn't it? As depressing as it sounds. Is anyone expecting to go up this season? Is anyone expecting Anybody? the playoffs this season? Ha actually, show of hands, who expects us to get in the playoffs? That's, a th a th that's not even a third. That's not even an eighth. I, I kind of feel like I wish the Norwich Derby games and, and the Barnsley games had happened the opposite way around. Because after the Norwich game, I was kind of like, League full of idiots. We're going to like steamroll everyone, and then you play a team that's actually handy like Leeds, and you realise how tough it's actually going to be. Somebody asked a question at the, at the back there, um, which was, I, I guess, aimed at the fans. Would you actually want to get promoted this season with the squad we have and the budget we have? No way. No. Uh, it's, it's remarkable, that really, isn't it? We spend years like in the in well, the old second division wanting to get promoted, and we're well, sitting in a well, room here with Sullen fans, and nobody wants to get promoted. Would the club this not season? become a more saleable asset if you? If we got promoted, though, surely when we went up, that that would be the prime window. I know you're saying it. It sounds like a little bit of a silly situation at the moment, David. But at the same time, like that would be the that would be the window opportunity, wouldn't it? If it looked as though we're going to be going up, maybe they'd be going, "Oh well, we'll sound some people out. Let's see what we're going to do." Am I thinking too logically about that? Well, no. They were trying to. They were trying to. He was trying to actively sell a club while we were Premier League club as well, though. Yeah. And he, he was. But weren't very good one, were we? So. Well. The Even more than unknown. The quantity. difference would be that was a Premier League club, very much on the downturn, whereas that would be some a club coming back up. And, th and that but does, I would that suggest anybody who wanted to buy attractive. Sunderland getting promoted would just want to buy them because it's Premier League status. Or so Premier League status is Premier League status. I would have thought. But uh, the one thing that's that, that's is against us this season. F five games in now. It's uh, one thing. <laughs> maybe yeah. Well, the one big thing that I can see. It's five games gone now. It's got to settle down and maybe it's in another five and it's probably too early to tell. But you look at the top half of the table now. Cardiff tops, Ipswich second, um, Wolves there, Sheffield United. All teams who weren't in the top half of the table last year. All teams that have improved. And so you've still got a lot of teams who were in the top half of the table last year who, was, who had strong squads who were still going to... They, they were obviously going to improve as well as the season goes on. So it, it's... They always say it's a hard division to get, off, to get out of. And this season, I guarantee, is the most difficult season it's going to be. When you see like, the likes of money that, the, that Wolves are throwing about, that Sheffield Wednesday can throw about, the, 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 they've got strikers. I mean, they've got strikers coming out of these. They've got to get rid of some. So the, all these clubs, it's always saying, focus on about ourselves and say what we can do. But when you look around at the other clubs and what they can do and what they p can do potentially, that's well, more worrying well, than anything else. at the same time, we we were assessing our potential based on six games, six league games, and what would it what would have been like? Say we'd got Gary Monk, and then we went and signed three strikers for what, twenty-seven million, was it? Or probably thirty-one million quid actually, because I think Braithwaite was about ten, Fletcher was seven, I think fourteen was a Sambalonga, was he? So if someone correct us if I'm wrong. That's quite a lot of money spent on strikers. So you can imagine at Sunderland, the start they've had comparatively. Yeah, they've won a couple of games. 
but they haven't gone and steamrolled teams. They've, 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 they've had games where they haven't scored, things like that. So just be in, I just think it's quite interesting, isn't it, really, when you look at it that way, maybe there is more ways, more than one way to skin a cat, as I say, although don't condone cat skinning. Um, just on finish, yeah. I'd like to finish there on the anti-cat skinning. It's a big, big issue at the moment, big issue. Um, Rob H. Craig. Stop texting. Look at the, I told you, Kazum, look so at the enthusiasm. Like angry about the enthusiasm, it. look at that. Look at the gate. You got look a free trip to London. Can you remember it? You look so like angry about Sorry. delivering a microphone. Craig. <laughs> Craig. Give me his question. Man. He's like Uncle Peter off Vicken Bowl. High pressure. What does the panel make of our <laughs> failure to land Ross McCormick? Um, was it a case of Bain's inability to get another deal over the line, much like the chase of Aberdeen's McGuinness in the summer? You've got opinions on, Mac on the McCormick Yeah, I mean, I've got opinions. Um, yeah, <laughs> thanks. Um, settle down, Kazri. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it's really annoyed us, because like, we're talking about this first half, about lack of imagination. It just seemed to really like default opportunity, like, oh, he might be available because he's not playing. I know him. And he's had lots of big money moves, so let's go and try and get him. And it's just a little bit like, well, like, realistically, can you afford to sign him? How many barriers are, are going to prevent you from signing him that Villa might not want to sell to a rival? That, you know, Villa have no real necessity to shift him because they don't, you know, they're, they're all right cash-wise um, at the moment anyway. Um, we haven't got very much money to spend on wages. We haven't got much money, money to spend on fees. So it was a bit like, well, you've got a lot of ground to make up there to get to the, to get to the, the meeting point to make the deal happen. And it was over a month. And then it was like, oh, we can't do the deal on deadline day. I just thought it was like a lack of imagination. Or you said Bain, inability, Bain's inability to get the deal done, but he's working under the same restrictions as Grayson. Should, should they both not have a better understanding of that. Well, when, what, is this kind of person we want to look at? Do we want to look elsewhere? Is there someone in Europe? I mean, so it's always trendy, isn't it? We mentioned Southampton in the first half. I mean, we could mention Huddersfield, I guess. They went to uh, Bundesliga 2. They got um, Kwana, was it? The, the, the lad from Union Berlin. Um, and he looks pretty decent and didn't cost them very much money. Similar, similar kind of play, the, the players we've got, I guess. But if that's in terms of big target men who play through the middle, you can play a bit wide, like, like grabbing. So there are options out there. I mean, people will always say, like, oh, well, who, who is it then? Well, tell you what, pay me what you pay the scouts, and I'll happily fly around Newbury and find you a player. No bother at all. I'm sure everybody in the room would love to do that. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it's just a little bit. I just thought it was a little bit unimaginative, and it was never really something that they were going to make happen. That's one of the reasons why we're criticising the recruitment system at the club, simply because under the last couple of managers, there has been just a, simply a case of, well, he's played with me before. It, all managers do it, and they do get the favourites, and they do get people that can rely on, but it's been too, happening too much with us the last two seasons. I, I don't think you can criticise the club that much, to be honest with you, because there's 50,000 reasons why Aston Villa would want to get rid of him yeah. every week. And I, I'm not so sure that... Um, well, I, I know that it, it would take a lot for him to move the club financially for him to have come to Sunderland from his point of view to any sort of severance deal and he was never going to take it. And, and, and another reason, I think we've dodged a bullet a bit 
because although he played well under Grayson, he, 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 his attitude has stank. Do you not it's think a loan deal, though, potentially would have given the chance to prove himself no real risk to the club? He wouldn't be tied down to a big term. He's never going to cover the cost of his like broken gate with the loan deal, Rory, is he? Sorry? He's never going to cover the cost of the broken gate with the loan deal. Well, no, he? of course he not. He needs to sign a non-fee. And as well, he's going to have to vault that gate as well occasionally, yeah. and then yeah. there's yeah. medical <laughs> risk involved. But I think we, we were a side folding. that was crying out for a, a poacher-type striker, which we, we don't have. Uh, to be honest, I would like to say Graben given a go through the middle... If you look back to when Bournemouth got promoted, Graven scored. His record was exactly a goal a game. So he's obviously got something about him in front of goal. But after that, if he gets injured, you're waiting for Watmore to get to fully fitness and then you're waiting for, for Vaughan as well. And, and we're seeing that Vaughan isn't really that type of player. So we do look... Striker. <laughs> yeah. But uh, to be fair, I don't want to be too down on Vaughan. I think Vaughan has his uses to bring players, you know, create space for other players, win flick-ons for others. But... If that's our only option, we're very one-dimensional and we don't really have a plan B. I would quite like to see Vaughan coming off the bench, maybe if we're playing, grabbing through the middle with, you know, McGeady or someone like, for well, the minute, Honeyman, McManaman. Well, he's going to play through the middle, isn't he? Well, with off, I mean, there's some questions in about formations, which we would probably get onto if, on this topic, like, because it's probably the right time. But, I you think know, I if, you, if you've got that in the hand, Stephen. Well, yeah, someone did write, are we, what is our best suited formation yeah, I and, and I think yeah, looking for looking at the Barnsley game how we were bullied in midfield with just a two-man midfield and that's no slight on Catamol and Dong they're both very good players but it's a it's a it's a tough division in in the middle and we are going to need that extra body there now and again and if we've just got something to vary it up with a little bit and not playing just a I know it's not a straight 4-4-2. I know Graben and Vaughan are doing the hard work, coming back and everything like that. But we do need an alternative option. But there's no way. There's no way now they've brought Williams. Like, does anyone think like he's not going to play Williams now they've brought him in? That's a loan from a Premier League club. He's not going to just stick him on the bench, is he? Like he would be Surely alongside Catamolan and Dong and just with that little bit, with that little bit more freedom. Aye. Like it, it gives us that potential goals from from midfield. The thing I looked at the other day, we got promoted under Roy Keane. Our top scorer was David Connolly. He had 13 goals. After that was Daryl Murphy with only 10 goals. But the big thing was we had players contributing all over the pitch. We had players like Dean Whitehead scoring four goals. Grant Ledbetter scored seven goals. Ross Wallace scored six goals. So we need to create that kind of thing because there isn't that out-and-out goal scorer in this team. And a nice, narrow 4-3-3 where you can get players like McGeady cutting inside, McManaman when he's fully fit, players like Johnny Williams, like darting on from the middle. Obviously, yes, we do need to get goals from likes of Ndong, likes of Catamol, and you know maybe even the full-backs if they're going to be pushing on forward. But I don't think it's a total disaster that we haven't signed that out-and-out goal scorer. But Grayson needs to find the way to get these other players into goal-scoring positions and, and kind of recreate that same thing that Roy Keane did. I think 4-3-3 three, three is the thing that we look on with that, with that squad, definitely. We'll move away from the current things now. Who's the guy or the person who asked about O'Shea? Um, would you regard O'Shea as a Sunderland legend slash great? <laughs> Well, could everyone hear that question okay? Asking if, if, if we'd, we'd, people would consider John O'Shea a legend or a great at Sunderland. I mean, a dual laugh, I mean, show of hands, I guess, for that. 
I think I think if, legend if, is. If, if, if you were to say John O'Shea was a legend or highly thought of at Sunderland, raise your hand. Highly thought of. Yeah, yeah. Legend, legend is perhaps strong, but he's he's been a he's been a great pro for the club, and he's and he's always con he's always conducted himself really well off the pitch as well. He's always he's always been a he's been a leader at the club through some really really difficult times when we've had some really shocking players. O'Shea's been one of the few who you could point towards. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. How important is it to have someone like that in the dressing room, David, John O'Shea, just commanding instant respect when people walk in? It does, especially where he's come from. But they, they, they've had a lot of influence from Man City players. And I think that's... Um, I've, I've not been there sort of privy to what's what going on inside the dressing room, really. And it's... It, it, but when we look at all the the, the, the way that um, we've talked about different managers over over the last few years and a portion blame to them as well, there has been a, a group of players that have, have been consistently there through those seasons as well. Now you probably could argue like they're the players that have kept us up until until then, but and, and blame people for the recruitment of other players that are coming in. But I don't I don't know. Like, like I said. I'm, I, I mean, I'm inside football. For, I've been inside football for a long time, so and it's only been sort of since I've stepped away from it that you start looking at things from a fan's point of view. So it's it's, it's maybe it's not a, a question about John O'Shea that I should be answering, but he's um, it, the fact his experience would have been valuable in the times when when we we have been staying up. Uh, James, can you remember your real Roy, give me your mic because Craig's God knows where he is. Right, this guy's doing Craig's job for him now. Where is Craig? Like, where actually is he? Is, All is right. Great. Got a wren. Uh, has David got a favourite story from uh, the Reedy Sacco era? Everyone hear the question okay? You just asking, do you want to ask it again? <laughs> has David got a favourite story from the Reedy Sacco era? I, th I think I, I, in a column that I did a few weeks ago, I, I said that... Um, we played Sheffield United at the end of the, I think it was the end of the season we, 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 when we were going up. And we, I think we drew, one, drew nil nil or 1-1. One, one. Was it nil nil? Yeah. And I wasn't in the squad. There was only three subs at the time. So uh, he decided not to put a key to the bench. And it was, I think it was me, Martin Smith and David Kelly were left, left out the squad. So we went up into the players' lounge. We got the bar. And, um, and David Kelly ordered three pints. And so we stood having a, well, we stood there with three full pints. And, and Peter Reid had been upstairs to see Howard Kendall. He'd been in the manager's office, come through. And he just looked at us and just went, look, and then looked at the pints and went, I love that, lads. Come downstairs in two minutes. So, like, we, we didn't know what we thought. What, what, is he joking or what? Like, so I went downstairs. I've walked into the dressing room. S somebody just leaped out the showers at us grabbed all us by a neck and just flung me against a wall and just went, what the fuck do you think you're doing? And it was Sacco. <laughs> and, 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 and it's... I was, I was probably about 19 at the time, like, and, and I, I mean, to be fair, I hadn't even touched a drop yet, so I was a bit, a bit disappointed. At least I could have let us drink the pint first before he laid into us. And, uh, and from, from that minute on, like, I just started shitting myself, basically. And, and, but 
that's what's been missed, I think, somebody like him to, to have that sort of authority. Um, Peter Reid had the same thing. He didn't have to, um, he, they didn't have to do anything. They didn't have to shout at you. They didn't have to um, lay any laws down. You knew not to cross it. Now, at the time, I mean, I was a kid and, and thought, thought nothing of it and just thought I was going to have a, a pint before the game and I wasn't involved. But then he, he obviously he pointed out that, that, well, Alec Chamberlain could have been injured in the, in the one before the game and then I'd have to go on and I've had a pint inside us. Now, it's worked before with Benno, didn't it? Didn't, ben, didn't Benno have a pint before a game? Like, I don't know, might have yeah. had a few. <laughs> Not, but the, <laughs> Benno had a pint before a game and he wasn't uh, against Man United. He scored the winner. You not remember that, no? He's never, say, he's never told that bit of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah ben, ben on a pint before the game. He ended up with, somebody got injured, he was in the side, and then he scored doing it, man. That, but that, they probably missed that, you know, and that, that influence at the club, somebody like that. And I know it's, it's, it's always old school. Like people look at him and think he's a dinosaur, Peter Reid, but I, I don't know why he's never been sort of pulled back into the, in some capacity into the, into the club and, and used in somewhere. And... and, and and it's it's not just sort of uh, romanticism. Um, it, it, it's just like I said, it, it, it's, it's characters like that, that that need to be around the club because they, just as there being a patchwork quilt on the pitch, it's the same off the pitch as well. Somebody's asking who Sunderland's best keeper in the last ten years has been, in your opinion. It's it's the easiest question of the night. Jordan Pickford, I absolutely love the kid, and and he's Everton. Won't be his last club, He'll, you know. Despite the the, the the millions that they've got and the, and the potential they can go and maybe breaking the top four, top six, he'll go on. He'll, he'll make dozens of appearances for England. He'll 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 win things in the game. And the, and the fact that you know, it, even when it, he went for thirty million, Man City could have had him for twelve million before he got injured in in December, and they were going to put a bid in from. Uh, the twelve and a half million to, and that that would have that would have been enough to take him at that time. And the fact that you know it, it's more than doubled in in uh, in six months. Uh, everyone inside the game knows what he's like. They can see exactly what he's like. And I was at the Manchester City Everton game last week, uh, last Monday, and you, you, you see players coming. The clubs are coming to Sunderland, and you think, oh well, we'll give them six months to to bed into the club to to get used to the surrounds and play with the people. You think he'd already been there six years, never mind six months. And nothing fazed him whatsoever, and, and it's a, it's a massive, massive shame that I, I don't know what if, I don't know whether we, if we'd stayed up, whether we would have been able to keep him for another year or whatever. And he's the type of player that's that's you want to keep at the club. If the club's going to do anything, those are the type of players that you've got to keep at the club, and you've got to try and keep there. We can't compete obviously with the, the, the big clubs, the Man Cities and Everton's and and people like that. But it's it's just uh, I get emotional when I speak about him. <laughs> he's a uh, he is, he, he's, just, he's just phenomenal. Like, you know, and it's great to see him, a lad from Sunderland doing so well. What have you, who would you say before that, before Jordan Pickford? Uh, keep? uh, keeper, yeah. Keeper. Oh, that's a, that's a good question, that. Um, Mig Miguelier stands out, maybe. Last, Tommy Sorensen's not. Last, Ten years is pushing up for Tommy Sorensen. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I, I expected, sort of, I expect Mig to go on and do better things that he's done. It's took him time to. To, to settle it. It's only been the last six months since he's got back on the side that he's uh, that he settled at Liverpool as well. So it just shows you that it shows you how well that uh, the Jordan Pickford's done and how good a keeper he is. That he's actually going like that straight away and he's not any time to to adjust. 
Who's the person who asked the best question? Do you want to ask? I'll let you ask that. Craig, you know what it is, don't you? I can't remember what the question is, sorry. Well, it clearly the isn't the best question, question then, it. and he can't remember it. You've labelled it the best question ever, and you can't remember it. Oh, is it, is it, is it the one about Gareth? Oh, here you go. Just to lighten the mood a little bit, I mean, it's been a little bit negative, um, to be fair, lads, but um, just to lighten the mood a little bit, the question was, always a good tip if you want to get your question asked, is to write best question at the top of your thing. Uh, is it possible for Gareth to say one positive sentence about Sund? Like we, we, we uh, hang on, hang on, and there's, 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 some, there's some brackets uh, I think I wrote as well. We know it's a bit shit. But come on, we're just looking for like a little bit of leadership from you guys as well. I would say the most positive one. I'm always looking for solutions to problems. To be fair, I think think you're taken in by the tone of his voice. He is generally quite positive. I've still got a mic, by the way. So I can... (laughs) Surely surely you should be taking this off me now because we're going to have an argument. But uh, we're always... always, we're We're always identifying problems, but like... Just a few, solu- a few solutions and a bit of positivity. Craig, you've lost control. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, the only thing Garrett's ever positive about is Sunderland. That is the truth. That is true. That is a fact. Imagine how miserable my on, life on is. On the way, on the way here, on the way here, the flat we were supposed to be staying in, we got an email that had had a leak in a, a leak in the whole room, and Gareth, oh, it was great. <laughs> When you see Gareth Barker go into full admin mode, there's, you've never seen someone enter the zone more. He is positive. But he made that negative that. into a positive because Craig didn't have a bed tonight and now he does. Yeah, so... My life's so better. there's your positive. There it is. <laughs> I Come on, I Gareth. Said that, I said that in the first half. I said that Grayson and Bain had done quite well with the transfer budget that they'd been given. <laughs> That's pretty positive, isn't it? Be more positive. Be more positive. A different isn't James positive. Vaughan a different positive. No, you don't need to lie. Um, you can be more positive. What else? Don't lie. This what else can I say? Can you? Can anybody say anything positive? Just say fuck the mags really loudly. No, right? I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not a Raji. Right. That's what you said on the whole card. It's descended down. into fast. People have paid for this. Right. I'm going to ask the panelists. This is a question now. Somebody has to put the name on. I'll ask, and then I'll have a show of hands. Because it's an interesting one, this one. Somebody's put Phillips versus the four. If you had to make a choice for Sunderland. I'll ask people here and then I'll get a show of hands. Gareth? Uh, Phillips. Just one word? Just, a, just Phillips? Just Phillips. I mean, the thing is, you look at the... When you watch... Recently, someone like shared a video of um, Kevin Phillips and I like, obviously fortunate enough to grow up like at the right time, like when I was young enough to like have that <laughs> positivity, um, that one-off, uh, and then to see him and experience at the first time. And then someone posted a video on, on Twitter about uh, like sort of all his goals he scored, or some of the goals he scored, some, not all of them, only about 20. He scored like 100, oh, didn't he? 115, I think it was. Um, but like some of the goals, just like, wow, like ridiculous goals. Like he used to score all kinds, some of the technique, Remember the one he came back, QBR, being out injured for four months, comes back, 
outside the foot volley from the edge of the box into the top corner. Running onto a ball with pace that's coming back into him. Ridiculous. Goals against Everton. Barnsley when we got promoted. Bending it. How much bend did he put on that ball again, that bottom corner against Barnsley? And then goes to Bury, scores four goals in that game. Finishes it another textbook sort of bending the top corner. I mean, Defoe, like, in a terrible time for us was excellent. But you have to look at Phillips and say... Like um, some of the goals he scored were just absolutely. Rory, you're of the younger generation. <laughs> positive thing, Jonathan. There you yeah, go. There's the positivity. Positive, yeah. <laughs> no, for me, like. Settle down, Craig. <laughs> Kevin Phillips, for me, is the player that made us fall in love with football and fall in love with Sunderland. Like I was. This is given. I've got. I've got an idea how this poll's going to go. Then I'll ask you for a show of hands for Defoe. No, no. Oh, yeah. Handful. And then Phillips. Yeah. I tell you what, it might be a lot closer if Defoe played at front with Niall Quinn. <laughs> and I think with Phillips as well. We, we had Phillips. Oh, oh, it's got all House of Commons now. It's got all House of Commons now. We need John Burke going. And with, with Phillips as well, though. Phillips, we had totally at the peak of his powers as well. And you see that when you watch those goal compilations. I know Defoe kept himself right for a long time, but even though Phillips had like quite a good career after we had him in those 30 goal seasons and everything like that, and he was, he was the kind of player that would make you fall in love with the game. Like the things, those type of goals and playing in that kind of side is just so exciting. And for as good as Defoe was, he was in a shit, he was in a shit side at the end of the day. And, yeah, maybe Phillips does benefit from being in the better side, but I still, I still think it would have been as great no matter Sullied no matter himself what. at the end, Phillips, a little bit. But, you know. This stop being that. negative. He's going to have to tell you to say something positive again. Right. I like to know what people, well, what, what people think about this. Somebody didn't put the name on, so I'll ask. I like to get David's opinion on this as somebody who's played in a ground, in a crowd before. It's something that gets brought up time and time again. What do people think about fans leaving early? Do players notice that, David? Yeah, obviously they do. But I mean, normally at that time when when fans leave early, normally the the game's lost anyway. And but but at the same time, fans can make a difference as well. I know that every time you know when I was at Aberdeen, everyone accused uh, accused us of always raising our game against against Rangers because it was Rangers. And there was nothing to do with the fact that it was Rangers. I mean, I. I Obviously, I hate Rangers now that I've, that I've been up there and played for Aberdeen, but I, I had no history with Rangers. It was a fact that when we played Rangers, we had 22,500 people there who were just behind the team 100%. So the fans can make a difference. And I think it's... Personally, now that I'm on the other side of it and, and, uh, and, and I'm going to watch the game as a fan and, and, yeah. and sort of as a, as a writer as well, I can't understand people leaving early simply because... I want to see a foot. I want when I go to see one of a football match. I want to see 95 minutes. I don't want to watch 90 minutes. I want to watch 95 minutes. I want to watch it all. So I, I, I can't understand why you you would pay all that money to go and watch football and not watch it all, because at least you, you, you can watch the, the opposition as well. 
Like last season, last season when we, but last season when we played Arsenal, we got beat Arsenal. What was the score? Three four nil against Arsenal. Four one, I think. Yeah, we, we, you, you, you can go and appreciate a good football side. Just get to the stage where you've appreciated too many good football sides. I've got a, actually quick on the back of that. Is there? A, I'm putting you on the spot, but the, is there a really good or really bad bit of abuse that you receive from the crowd? Where you remember and go, that was quite funny actually. Or do, do you know what the, the the worst bit of abuse I've ever got? Was in a pre-season friendly at Forfa. We, we we drew. Oh, they've got a reputation for it, them lot. Forfa, the firm Forfa. We we drew. F- we we were having a bad time. We had a bad pre-season. We were drawn four all with Forfa. Forfa, Forfa, four all Forfa. Yeah. Is this the start of a limerick <laughs> or something? In. <laughs> <laughs> We were four three up, and then somebody scored in the last minute, and the ball's in the back of the net, and I'm on the floor. And I turn round, and there's a kid looking square in the eyes from, the, from behind the barrier. He must have been about seven years old, something like that, seven or eight years old. He looked me square in the eye, and he went, you're not very good, are you, mate? <laughs> and and I, I've had the worst abuse hurled at us at Ibrox, Sally Park, all over the place. But that was the, the most, it hurt the most, honestly. I felt like fucking crying, honestly. <laughs> There's something so sincere about that, isn't it? If there? I ever see him again now. <laughs> He'll be about 20 now. He'll probably knock it out. Yeah, probably bigger than <laughs> and he's here tonight. <laughs> Somebody's just brought a question over asking Gareth where he got his shirt from. Gap. Nice, eh? Yes. Jeans, Gap. <laughs> you can look like me if you want to. Just go to Gap Outlet at Team Valley. It's a bit of a journey. <laughs> We've got, well, we got um, three minutes left. Season, snog, so. marry, or avoid question. <laughs> this is the one I've been looking this, forward to. Right, David, this on you then. Right. James I'll, Vaughan, Simon Grayson, Donald Love. Well, I'll, sn- I'll snog James Vaughan. I would marry Simon Grayson. He's got a few quid. And I would avoid Donald Love, but he'd probably avoid me. He'd lose me, Mark, try to mark us in. <laughs> Bit harsher. Don Love seems really nice, though. That seems really harsh yeah. to avoid him. This he's, question's he's a bit of a, for a drink first. This question's a bit of a throwback to last year, if you were here. For all time's sake, Brexit discussed. No, we're not. We're not doing that. Well, t- it was like a. Wait, it, t- was t- more, it was more topical last year, wasn't it? We're, we're, st- we, we're not doing it. We're, we're not standing doing outside it. the. Re- we're standing outside the restaurant before we came here. And there was this, like, these two blokes and the wives came past, this cockney bloke, right? And he just went, uh, he went, you should be all right around here, all the old Africans took over the shops. And that was it, and it was like a home away from home. <laughs> I don't know why I asked, somebody's asking us if Norwich Weir was live on Sky or BT. I don't think it was... <laughs> I don't think it was live on either. It was on, it, it was on neither. I wasn't, I wasn't. No, it wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> oh, it's cost somebody a tenner, that. The thing is, the thing is, you've had to pay the money for that. You also had to pay the money to watch the Norwich game because you had to pay for the dodgy iFollow stream with no commentary in those weird zooms on the corner flags. Essentially, yeah, you watch it for free. So you watch right. it illegally and then so somebody Somebody watching in a pub in Norwich, right? I think that's just about it done. Somebody's saying, why is there a shower in the only toilet here? That's uh, a good question. I did wonder that. 
Because you don't know what's happening after we toilets. get up here. There's also a shower gel in there. Uh, have we run out? We've got three cards. We've run out. We've got three cards. The list there, if people want to be in the WhatsApp group, is there. Put your name and number. Three, there's three it's teams on the left front. on the football card. Three as teams well. on the football three card. Pounds. I'll withdraw it and risk it, risking the being normal. You've just won a tenner. <laughs> put three pounds of that into that pot. You're hedging your bets. Well, David's got a guess. Should we just go with what we've got and hope one of the three doesn't win? Well, we've done it. David oh, doesn't have to be here. David doesn't have to be for the draw, does this he? This is all happening now. Look at that. I Look hope at one of you wins. Forward, there's there's still one. a couple of you taking the plunge. Two left. Two left. If anybody wants one, are we going to risk? Go on, you've got it. Quick. <laughs> quickly, quickly. Oh, dear. People really want that I've, chili bodgy ball. I've never... Oh, there you he's go. done it. He's done both. Oh. Take one each. Take one each. Take one each. Go on, spare. Christ. I've never seen enthusiasm like this. For a Gillibodji signed football. That's part of it's part of the appeal, isn't it? Gillibodji. In a few years' time. It's actually right. got a, um, a certificate. Oh. Certificate of authenticity. Obviously, what there was a one the, the one that confirmed that Gillibodji was a football didn't come with him when we signed him, I don't think. <laughs> this is a certified that this item is authentic memorabilia from Sunderland AFC. The moment that. of truth. Frame that. You got to carry that round with you at night. It's QPR. Nick R. Nick R. Look at that. Oh! Look at that. Certificate of authenticity. You there have you one, Pappy Gillibodji. Gillibodji is being transferred yeah. to. Yeah. It's always going to be a part of your life now. Nick R has signed Pappy Gillibodji on loan. It's got a bell in it. Months. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we just want to thank we just want to thank everybody for coming. As always, we really, really appreciate people listening to the show and stuff like that. And you coming, you come down to see us. We brought you tears of home with a peace pudding and stuff like that. But we're going to stay around and have a few drinks so people want to come up and have a bit of crack with us like you did last year. We'll do that as well. Um, a couple of thanks I want to make. Obviously, the brewery for putting us on and offering the, the drinks and everything as well. Has gone London away now. You're London away. London away. We're all going to be oh, on London the table doing you. the bouncing. London at home for everybody here. I just want to thank Richard Shaw at the back as well because he does the sound for us and he records this for us and he films some as well. And he's saying no, but he's passing them on. Richard and his his group over there. His group over there as well, anyway. But thanks to you for all coming, first and foremost. So thanks for coming along tonight, okay? We'll have a bit of crack with you after.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 